Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. You get nothing. We win. You lose. I love it. Oh, ah, folks, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I, I, you know what? I don't even know. I don't have to ask Producer Joe how he's doing today because I know. I know Producer Joe is doing just fine. Just fine. Oh, By the yeah. way, I noticed you changed that uh, Avi on your Twitter, oh, yeah, your man. picture. Yeah. yeah, looking sharp there, man. Looking like that young, slick looking, not the gravy sweating Elvis. That was a, <laughs> no. a nice looking picture. Thank you. Check him out at, at Joe Haas with a Z1. Make sure you follow him. Folks, what a weekend. Whoa. You know. A lot of you are wondering why I didn't do a special show. You know, can I just be candid with you? Because for once, I wanted to savor this victory and you all to just enjoy it. Just go out, have a brewski, yep. pun intended. If you get if you followed this show, you know exactly what I'm talking about, this confirmation hearing. Have a brewski, take your wife out, your husband out, your significant other, I don't care who. Have a good time and know this. Folks, I'm serious when I say this. I mean every word of this. For the first time in a long time, Joe, we took their best shot. We took all they had. We took their power punch, the punch we didn't see coming, and we got off the mat, fought back, and actually won the fight. Now, Today's show is going to be stacked. I got six or seven takeaways from this, but I want you to keep that. I also want to cover Nunes this weekend, who dropped another nuclear bomb on Maria Bartiromo's show, which if you're missing on the weekend, uh, you don't know what you're missing. She is doing a great job with Nunes. Uh, I got to get to that too. But folks, I want you to keep this in mind, the whole show, and smile a little bit. For the first time in eons... We took the best shot, the coordinated effort of the media, the activist groups, the swamp rats, everybody had. We got up off the mat. We fired back. We fired back our rights, our lefts. We hit a takedown, triangles, arm bars, everything we had in the mixed martial arts match of politics. And we finally won the fight. Bruce Buffer's in the ring and Bruce Buffer's saying, we got this. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Good day. Good day. That was an arm accoster. I did not think of that Willy Wonka thing. That was Joe. That came from a a listener, by the way. Yeah. A listener. You're a genius, whoever sent that in. I did not think of that. Good day, sir. Feels good to win, doesn't it? Boy, does it. That's why I didn't do a show. I wanted you to seriously enjoy this. All right, I got a lot to get to. I got six or seven takeaways. So we don't sit here. I'm Listen, celebrate. I'm glad you had a good weekend. I wanted you to enjoy it. But back to the storm today, folks. November elections are right around the corner. The celebration, enjoy it. But remember, the left never takes a day off, and you can't either. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. You know how I feel about my sponsors. I don't take on sponsors uh, for products that I can't use myself. It doesn't make any sense. So that's why WaxRx was such a natural fit for me, because when I used to wear that earpiece, when I was a law enforcement agent before this with the Secret Service, I used to have a wax buildup in my ear, true story, and have a tough time. You know, you're not, you're not supposed to stick those Q-tips and 
and cotton swabs in your ears. They're for cleaning the outsides of your ears. They're very useful, just not for the insides of your ears. It's not the sexiest product, WaxRx, to talk about, but as I told you, it's a really beneficial. It works really well. I'm going to use it today. I always use it after, my, uh, after I get a haircut, too. It works out perfect. This is a customer review I saw from them I wanted to share with you. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of my stubborn, hardened ear wax. With the rising cost of health care and my double deductible, I'd have to spend $60 per visit. That's $120 per year to treat my ears. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings. That also doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Thanks, WaxRx. This stuff is amazing. It works really, really well. You'll be surprised that well. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use the offer code DAN, D-A-N, my first name, at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of an earwax. Who knows? It might change your life. GoWaxRx.com, offer code DAN. Folks, lessons learned. You know, I, almost, I was almost surprised a bit, too. I felt like watching the countdown on Saturday. I worked all day Saturday, uh, most of the day on Sunday, too. I felt watching the countdown, Joe, and I tweeted this out, and I meant it. I don't mean to sound hyperbolic, but I meant it. Do you remember, by any chance, the 1980 Miracle on Ice hockey game between oh, yeah. the United, U.S. and yeah. the Russians? How in that last quarter, it just every second dragged on. You were like, end this game and let us win already. And do you believe in miracles? Al Michaels' <laughs> famous call. I swear, the countdown to that, I was, you know, obviously I was very young, but I just remember this tension, this everybody feeling this tension. And I thought to myself, this is what this feels like. Is someone going to fold at the last minute? And why would I think that? Because, folks, I want to produce to you some evidence, some historical evidence that sadly the GOP has had a habit of doing this in the past. And that's why I thought, surely, surely something's going to happen. I wrote down a few notes about. Things the GOP thought they had wins on and then pulled back when the uh, activist groups, the media and the swamp rats uh, started to turn around and really pressure them, started to to force them into a corner. Mm -hmm. Obamacare. I mean, John McCain no longer with us, but it was John McCain who sunk Obamacare reform. It wasn't the Democrats. I mean, yeah, the Democrats didn't vote for Obamacare reform either, but we had the votes and it was John McCain with his uh, the infamous thumbs down moment. That Joe remembers it well. He's giving us a thumbs down now on that. That, yeah, that sunk Obamacare. And it was due to pressure and it was due to exactly the iron triangle we talk about all the time in the show. The media, the activist groups, and the swamp rats up on the hill and and their bureaucratic backers within the government. They pressure people. They use the media as an outlet. And what happens? They fold. We folded on Obamacare during the Bush administration. He wins his second term. Remember the big push, Joe, was finally going to be entitlement reform. Yeah. Entitlement reform. We know it's broke. We know it needs reform. It is a mathematical certainty. George W. Bush says, I got some political capital. I'm going to use it. And what happens? The Iron Triangle kicks in. The activist groups, the swamp rats, and the media. And next thing you know, they fold it on that. The list goes on and on. Spending cuts. Yeah. How we, you know, we fail to control spending. Planned Parenthood. Getting rid of government funding for the abortion factory known as Planned Parenthood. Abortion rules in general. Robert Bork on the Supreme Court. Miguel Estrada, another court appointee who was hammered by the left. Right. We backed it. Remember Estrada? Yeah, that one yeah, gets lost. Yeah. Mark Levin's been covering this left and right. He covered it on his Life, Liberty, and Levin show a few weeks ago. The Miguel Estrada disaster. Folks, you can't forget the GOP has a history of folding under pressure. A lot of us, you know, me included, were... 
anxious. And I don't get anxious often, folks. I'm not the anxious kind of nervous type. And I sat there watching this going, unquestionably, somebody's going to fold. And they didn't. They didn't. Now, I, I, I'm, I, I think we should all send a note saying, hey, uh, you know, thanks for taking your votes. But I want to go overboard. You know, Mark Levin put an interesting note in his Facebook this weekend. And he's right. Like, you know, we should thank them for their votes for doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But let's not go crazy. I mean, this is what we elected them to do, okay? Right. I mean, let's not get overly dramatic about that either. But we want to incentivize them to do this again. So I think a thank you email and a thank you call to the office is appropriate at this time because we want to incentivize them and show them what we have their back. Lesson number one we learned. I wrote a piece this weekend on my website for the first time in a long time. Folks, I've been so busy with my book, which uh, launches, it's out today. Technically tomorrow, but it's out today. Uh, Spygate. Right. So please go pick it up. I really appreciate it. We uh, did a little hit on Fox and Friends this morning. So uh, I really appreciate if you pick it up. But I've been working hard. And I haven't. The point is, I'm trying to just plug the book. I haven't had really time to write editorial pieces, even on my own website. Matt Palumbo does most of the work. This weekend, that's why I said I work Saturday. I was inspired, folks. And for those of you who miss what's going on, the liberal media goons have been hitting me, Media Matters and the Mediaite and the other idiots out there, for uh, on NRA TV and on this show talking about owning the libs. Now, uh, of course, they, they're used to dealing with lesser human beings who would back down. <laughs> I have doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down now. And I wrote a piece this weekend just precisely to own the libs and to own the media that's talking about me uh, owning the libs. And the piece is entitled Own the Libs. <laughs> And just to tell you how crazy this piece won on my website, to give you a little inside baseball, my wife manages the back end of my website, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, and, and we had an analytics program running, and the website almost got shut down. And she's like, this doesn't make any sense. We're only showing a couple hundred users on the site right now. It doesn't make any sense. So she's on the phone with a guy, and the guy's like, a couple hundred. She's like, I don't know what program you're using, uh, the guy tells her, but you you don't have you have thousands on your that thing <laughs> went bat guano crazy. Yeah. Read the piece because this is lesson number one. Own the libs. Own the libs today. Own the libs tomorrow. Own the libs next week. Own the libs next month. Own the libs every day. The libs must be owned. The libs must be owned oh. all the time. The libs have to be owned. The owning of the libs should be a national <laughs> daily outing. The owning of the libs. All right. The day we got Kavanaugh appointed should be national owning of the libs day. If you think I'm going <laughs> to back down on this, you're cr you're absolutely insane. Now, we're obviously there's a bit of uh, sarcastic mockery in there. That's all. Right. But on a very serious note, what does even owning of the libs mean? They own own the libs. Owning the libs means we should never, ever back down to these people. Now, to be, to be careful here, I am not talking because on, on a serious tactical note. Some old guard Republicans, notably one political commentator on CNN who decided, I, I'm not sure if she was taking a shot at me or not, but she's like, this owning of the libs is going to be counterproductive. I don't know why people are talking about it. Well, I don't understand why you think the radical left the radical left has any interest in some rapper schma right now or some peace pipe smoking. Yeah. Why would you think that? I don't understand what leads you to believe that the old rules are still in effect. The old rules were this, right? And this is why the owning of the libs is important. The old rules were 
The Democrats, their activist groups in the media would fabricate a narrative. Robert Bork, when he got appointed to the Supreme Court, is going to send women to back alley abortions. Uh, we're going to go back to indentured servitude. That Social Security reform by Bush is going to bankrupt every elder American. Obamacare repeal is going to lead to you know th- hundreds of thousands of people dying in emergency rooms. That narrative would be propagated. The, the Republicans would be deathly afraid of the media, and the Republicans would then apologize back down and either repeal the proposal altogether or put such a watered down version of it that it wouldn't even matter and result in no reform at all. Those are the old rules. The new rules, after taking the best they had and still pushing Kavanaugh through, who is now Justice Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, the new rules are now in effect and the new rules are this. And I can only summarize it by taking the words of Mitch McConnell. I haven't always been a fan of McConnell, and there's no we shouldn't let him off the hook in the future either. You don't get a lifetime pass. But McConnell said it right, Joe. We're going to plow right through. We are going to plow right through. I watched uh, I watched a movie not that long ago about the with, with was it Kate Bosworth, the survivors in this apocalypse, and this big garbage truck with the thing uh. plows right through at the end. This neighborhood had. Cars trying to block access to the street. You got to plow right through this. You have to plow right through this. And McConnell was right. Go straight ahead. Plow through it. Own the libs. This is street fight politics. The new rules are in effect. And the new rules are this. The new rules are we disregard media narratives. We disregard activist group pressure. We disregard all of this. And we move straight ahead in fistfight type politics. Now, keep in mind, the left means that literally. Yeah. Their violent, aggressive streak has been growing. We mean that in terms of tactical, political strategy. This is street fight politics. You have got to be ready to plow through this stuff, ignore the haters in the media, and plow right through, see your end game at the end. See it. November's right ahead, folks. We must own the libs. You mistakenly believing that, uh, and I'm, I'm saying this to the old guard Republicans that have objected to some of my comments, thinking for some bizarre reason that I was going to back down, which is absolutely insane. You clearly have no knowledge of how I operate. Um, there will be no peace pipe here. The left is not interested in any way, in any kind of Let's sit around the campfire now and make sure bi- we can have a civil discourse in a bipartisan way going forward for uh, you know agenda items that can me- we can meet in the center on. None of that is happening. The left will double down on insanity. If you don't believe me, there's a piece in Politico, which I, I never pe- t- tweet Politico. Mm-hmm. They call it Politico for a reason, right? Politico this weekend, Joe, the Democrats are actually wondering if they were too nice during the Kavanaugh <laughs> hearings. Again, Please tell me how dialing it back and being nice and, and, and sweet to the libs. The libs are going to double down on insanity. Expect more public confrontation, more aggression. Now, again, moderate Democrats want to come over and want to want to join us and talk. Fine. The radical left has absolutely zero interest whatsoever in any kind of peace pipe smoking. This will get worse. The old rules are dead. The new rules are in effect. We win. You lose. Drop that L. How do you like them apples? And you know what? Someone said to me, you were really aggressive on Judge Janine's show on a Saturday <laughs> night going after the libs. Yes, yes. Yes. We are. 
The libs need to know what it feels like to be defeated. You need to taste defeat because when you taste defeat and when you taste defeat repeatedly and we need to make them taste defeat again in November, eventually they may be forced to self-reflect. What do I mean by this? This is a tactical decision. It's not my, you know, listen, I'm an emotional guy right now. It's been a great weekend and I feel Man. great. I feel just awesome right now. But tactically speaking, Joe, yeah. the taste of dropping an L, of losses repeatedly, forces you to do something. Why do I know this? Because I watched it as a conservative activist behind the scenes without giving up too much information because it would be unfair. When we lost the reelection effort to Obama, folks, I'm, I'm, listen to me, trust me on this. Matter of fact, forget the reelection effort. When we lost the initial effort. But it, happened, it, it, was, it was dialed down even further during the re-elect of Obama. Joe knows the group I'm talking about, but I've been a member of some groups, and one of them in particular, and they're really great. They're strong conservatives and stuff. But they were discussing one day an autopsy, hmm. and I remember sitting in this group not far from my house, and the autopsy of the Republican Party. And the autopsy was an RNC-funded effort to look at where the Republicans went wrong. Now. Their conclusions were largely wrong. One of the conclusions were, well, we need to appeal to the left more on centrist immigration type policies. I think Donald Trump kind of threw that yeah. theory out the window. But remember yeah. that, Joe? How was like, you know, we went wrong on this. We really have to. You know what Hispanic voters like? Hispanic voters like economic freedom. They like liberty. They're socially conservative. They don't vote as a monolithic block. So I don't even like to say they because there is no right. they. But it was a ridiculous assertion that we were going to attract more Hispanic voters by somehow appealing to the left on radical immigration policies. What I'm trying to tell you is the consistent defeat of the Republicans in the presidency, for the Obama one and Obama two, forced the Republican Party to look in the mirror. The only way to get the Democrats to go back to a more Bill Clinton second term type of Democrat party. Hey, listen, you don't like to hear that? I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you the truth. First term Clinton disaster. Second term Clinton, some of the stuff wasn't horrible. I mean, what are we going to deny it? Now, granted, there was a Republican Congress, but second term Clinton, based on the overwhelming victories by the Republicans in the House of Representatives and elsewhere, was forced to do things that the Democrat Party is going to have to be forced to do in the future if we continue to drop L's on them. They're going to be forced to consider their stance on government spending. Radical social issues. Remember Bill Clinton? The era of big government is over. That was his speech. That wasn't, you think that was in his head? That wasn't in his head. It was the dropping of L's. L's, L bombs, losses on them, left and right, wiping them out in the House of Representatives. That forced them to reevaluate. We have been consistently dropping L's on them the state level, the local level, the presidency, the courts. We got 26 circuit court judges. Don't even don't forget that confirmed by Trump now confirmed by the Senate after Trump's appointment. We now have a conservative majority in the Supreme Court. Governors, red governors in blue states. We're dropping L's on them left and right. Folks, we must own the libs. I say this not as a metal. I get it. It's a hyperbolic statement meant to kind of stir controversy. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not naive to that. Oh, I didn't invent own the libs, by the way. I have no idea even where it started, but I know I, I, enjoy, I like the saying. But owning the libs, beating the libs politically over and over and over again. No backing down. No rest for the weary. Right back to the fight. Right into the yeah. storm. Consistent defeats will force them 
to go back to the table and say, what the heck are we doing wrong? And you can expect a similar autopsy if we hold the House and the Senate in November. No rest, folks. It's not good enough to vote in November. Take 10 friends with you. We must hold the House and hold the line in the Senate. We must. We must. All right. Number two. This may seem like we're, uh, remember, number one is we must own the libs. Rule number two, takeaway. Lesson number two, I should say. There is no appeasing the left. Now, this may sound like rule number one, but it's not. It's related, but it's not. They're all related. Joe knows this, right? Yeah, no way, no. (laughs) There are people up on the hill, even Lindsey Graham, who's done a great job, and others, who I believe in the past, Susan Collins and others on more moderate times, who were under the impression that, yeah, you know, when Obama put up Kagan and Obama put up Sonia Sotomayor for the Supreme Court, there were Republican senators who were like, you know what? We'll do the right thing. The the president gets to pick his choices. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't agree with them, they're qualified based on their academic background and we'll vote for them for the Supreme Court. And Joe, when it's our turn, they will return the favor. They will not. They will never return the favor. The left, there is no appeasing them ever. Ever. By the way, my own the libs piece is in the show. And I'll say, please click on it, read it, share it. Everybody's up to own the libs. There is no appeasing them. We must own the libs at all times. Today, tomorrow, next month, next year, the ownership of the libs is a lifestyle. <laughs> voting for Kagan, voting for Sotomayor, and voting for all of these Obama appointees under the mistaken illusion that the left is going to see you as a compromise maker, a bipartisan bridge builder, and that when it's their turn, they're going to turn around and vote for them is wrong. What is the lesson that comes out of this? There is no appeasing the left. There is no reason at this point until the left wants to come around. There is no reason at this point for any Republican senator to ever vote for a Democrat nominee in the future. Oh, it would shut down government. Government's already shut down, folks. What game are you playing? You missed? Did you miss the party? I told you, if you think somehow you're winning... By appeasing the, we're bringing back bipartisanship. No, you're not. You're bringing back the left, the left's ownership of the cons, conservatives, us. We must own the libs. Kind of part B of this, if there's no appeasing the left. Part A, do not vote for Democrat nominees anymore. I'm sorry. It's over. It's over. No reason to do it. Not, but here's part B of this. Nominating moderates gets you absolutely nothing. I want to hat tip Dan Horowitz, who uh, have a piece of his up at the show notes today, who addresses some of this too. Nominating moderates for these positions gets you nothing, nothing. Kavanaugh Joe was the best they were oh. going to get. He was an establishment type who had, I'm, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying connections to the Bush administration. I have no doubt of his conservative bona fides anymore. Let me be clear on that. But I'm just saying, he was the best you were going to get. For the left, he was the best you were going to get. A guy who cared genuinely about some kind of bipartisan consensus meant nothing. They accused him of being a gang rapist. Nominating moderates gets you nothing. So hat tip to Dan Horowitz. He brings up a great point. Go for it, Joe. Go for it. Just go for it every time. Nominate the conservatives. Nominate consistent conservatives. Forget this idea that, oh, if we nominate conservatives, there's going to be a backlash. There's going to be a backlash anyway. 
Do the right thing, not the easy thing. Lesson learned number two, no appeasing the left. No rest for them. Keep them on their heels at all times. Three, lesson learned. Man, did the left blow an enormous opportunity here. Now, there's a piece up I read this weekend. um, It's interesting about how the law schools, Joe, and the media and the activist groups have learned to change the culture of the Supreme Court and the circuit courts. It's fascinating. This is I'm sure you haven't heard no, this. I haven't. I hadn't either. By extending invites to law schools to speak, which are largely full of liberals. And what they do is, through social pressure, media pressure, the desire by every human being, I mean, as Adam Smith himself, we don't, you know, we don't just, we desire to be lovely, right? To, I mean, people want to be loved and lovely. They want other people to, it's, folks, it's a natural human instinct. It's not controversial to say that. Everybody loves to be adored by other people. Now, some, thankfully, a lot of good conservatives have the backbone to throw a lot of that stuff in the garbage and do the right thing. Some, unfortunately, don't. The point of the piece was this. The left's ruthless, disgusting, filthy, atrocious coverage of Kavanaugh, accusations at Kavanaugh, the media coverage of Kavanaugh, rapist, train rapist, This nonsensical, disgusting stuff has made him PNG, Joe, in law schools and everywhere else. What's PNG? For those of you who traveled internationally, persona non grata. It's when you get kicked out of a country. When you travel a lot like I did the Secret Service, you definitely don't want to be PNG'd. It's not good. Kavanaugh's PNG, folks, at these law schools. You may say, well, how's that good news for us? How's that good news for us? Because now now we can let Brett Kavanaugh let Brett Kavanaugh be Brett Kavanaugh. We don't have to worry about Brett Kavanaugh being socially pressured by a bunch of academic legal elitists to turn into a, a uh, Anthony Kennedy type. Remember, Anthony Kennedy was re- appointed by a Republican right, right. and became a swing vote. We don't need swing votes. We need constitutionalists. The left blew a golden opportunity. How can you ever invite a guy you accused of being a gang rapist now to speak at your school? Matter of fact, his quiz position up at Harvard as an instructor, a legal instructor, is still up in the air. Nice job, idiots. Lesson number four. Doing the right thing fires up the base. Folks, I, I for those of you listening to my show and know me, I, I go to the, maybe I shouldn't say it, but. So I've been getting a lot of nasty stuff too this weekend, but I go to the same church at the same time every week. It's probably very predictable. And it's interesting because people have started to show up from, I'm not even making this up from out of state. And they're like, Hey, I'm just traveling around the area from when I heard you might be here. So, which is cool. I don't mind. I, so I usually <laughs> chat with people. After. I'm, I'm not kidding. Joe. Hey, I'm what guy said to me a couple of weeks ago. And you know who you are. If you're a listener, he's like, I'm here from Washington. I was like, Washington, D.C.? No, Washington. I'm like, oh, what? really? You could not get any further away outside of like the uh, uh, northwest tip of Alaska <laughs> from fl- southern Florida than Washington, right? So it was cool. So I chatted with the guy. I have never seen the conservative bases fired up as they are. Never. I'm telling you, this rivals Obamacare, the Obamacare fights. I have not seen it. I was bombarded this weekend after church. With, it's funny, Joe, because I got to kick it. Well-wishers. Congratulations, Dan. I'm like, I'm looking at my wife and I'm laughing. Hey, listen, folks, I am honored yeah. that you and I, by the way, we found out this weekend our audience is far larger than we thought due to that 
website snafu we had our audience by the way is probably twice what we think it is which makes sense based on the volume of emails we get people were thanking me and i'm glad based on that audience me and you and all of us working collectively in our emails and our calls that i was no doubt through this show and your activism you you did this you did this and i'm just one person All I can do is incentivize you to act. I have no doubt your emails and phone calls to your senators and your congressmen changed the course of this. I have no doubt. And I am humbled and honored that all those people congratulated me, but I've got nothing to do with it. All I do is put it out there. It is your actions that matter. This show is meaningless if you don't follow up on these do requests rather than talk requests. You did this. Take a bow. Lesson number four. Doing the right thing fires up the base. Now, because you know this is an analytic show, when it, I don't just throw stuff out there. If you look at the NPR polls and the latest polls on uh, enthusiasm for the midterm elections, and they ask the question, how important is this election to you? The, uh, the, a measure of the enthusiasm gap is how many people on the Democrat side say it's very important versus how many uh, people on the Republican side say it's very important. The Democrats had an 11 percentage point advantage. It is now down to two in the margin of error, meaning statistically speaking, everybody on the Republican side is as fired up as the Democrats. That is you. Doing the right thing matters. And doing the right thing fires up the base. Number five, lessons from the Kavanaugh hearing. Chaos doesn't sell, folks, and the silent majority wins. Joe, I was not alive in 1968. Mm, You were. Richard Nixon, who I'm no big fan of, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, more of a Democrat than a Republican, but Nixon's entire election team, they saw all these massive protests, all these people in the street, just like those. Did you see the videos this weekend? People trying to get into the Supreme Court, liberals slamming on the doors, losing their yeah. mind, ripping down people's signs. This has gone on for months now, attacking people, ripping their MAGA hats off, spilling drinks on them, punching people in the face, screaming in Candace Owens's face. This has been going on forever. Liberals chaos does not sell. You may think it does. I saw Brian Fallon, a former Hillary campaign advisor who was involved in this anti-Kavanaugh effort. We're going to go to the streets. You go ahead. You go ahead. You have fun in the streets. But I'll tell you right now, because a friend of mine was accosted this uh, past week. I'm telling you right now, listen up. You get in the streets and you do whatever the hell you want. We go to jobs and we go to work. We're laughing at you. Laughing. You knock yourself out in the streets. But you confront me all you want. I'll answer all your questions. Throw your ambush interviews. I've been ambush interviewed 5,000 times. If I have the time, as long as I'm not going anywhere, I am more than happy. I'll answer all of your dumb questions. But I'm telling you right now, you lay one finger on me, it's over. I say that because these people are getting really hyper-aggressive, and I'm watching them now actually get violent. I will not let you touch me. I will not let you touch my family. You go to the streets. You do whatever you want. God bless you. I will actively, avidly, vocally support your big R right to scream and yell all you want in the streets because unlike you, I believe in freedom. But if you think for a moment that chaos sells, you are out of your mind. You tried this in 1968 and you blew it. We vote and we go to work. 
you scream and yell and continue to get L's dropped on your head. All right, I got a few more of these, but I still got to pay for the show. Again, I always appreciate your patience. Hey, today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. The iTarget Pro system is the single best system out there. In my opinion, I've used it to train yourself in the two things that matter most when it comes to firearms, proficiency and safety. Safety is obviously number one. One of the best ways to improve your proficiency, however, with that firearm is to do so uh, use the uh, use the firearm and dry fire it. What is dry fire? You go to the range, obviously always point in a safe direction, make sure it's a safely unloaded weapon, check it, check it twice, check it three times, look away, make sure it's a safely un- unloaded weapon, and you dry fire. You pull the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon. Why would you do that? You don't know where the rounds would have gone. Well, what you're trying to practice is your trigger pull, your trigger control, your sight alignment, your sight picture, your grip. These are all critical components of proficiency with a firearm. Now, the downside, again, to dry firing is you have no idea where the rounds would have gone because there's no round in there. What the iTarget Pro system is, they will send you a laser round for the firearm you have now. You don't have to make any manipulations to it. It's not going to damage your gun, hurt your gun in any way. You drop that round in there. You have a 9mm firearm, a 38 Special, whatever it may be. Drop that round in there, and it will emit a laser onto a target they send you. And that dry fire practice, there's no recoil. It's, a, it's an inert round that just emits a laser, will allow you to see where those rounds would have gone. Your proficiency with that firearm will go through the roof. I can't recommend it highly enough. Co-author on my book, uh, Denise, her husband, uh, he loves this thing. It's terrific. You will not be able to put it down. My father loves it. Everybody I've given it to. Go to I, the letter I, targetpro.com. That's the letter I, targetpro.com itargetpro.com. Put in promo code Dan. You'll get the iTargetPro proficiency system for 10% off. itargetpro.com. Promo code Dan. Check it out. You won't regret it. Okay. Um, Lesson six. This is a Dan Horowitz special, so hat tip. He's right. The Democrats, Joe, are trashing judicial supremacy now. Yeah, we shouldn't have to go to Supreme Court. Supreme Courts don't matter. The people matter. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes we're we're right with you folks we're right with well not we're not with you the supreme court doesn't matter but now all of a sudden after spending decades 50 plus years cultivating a minority rules mentality by taking your case to the supreme court when you don't have a popular mandate abortion gay marriage think about it all of the left's big social victories show were not one at the ballot mm-hmm. box they were one using oh, the yeah. courts, gay marriage, abortion, wherever you stand on it. You cannot, you cannot disavow that one simple fact and, and, and pretend it's not there. The left's, Joe, mandates are not mandates at all. They're court won victories that they could not win popular opinion on. Conservatives for years have been saying that no, there is no role in the Supreme Court for this type of stuff. These are decisions that should be decided by the people in a republic by their representatives. So now that they lost the Supreme Court, the left, which has fallen in love with the courts for the last 40 years because they use them to get through uh, non-popular mandates. Are you tracking where I'm going with this? Now, all of a sudden, Joe, that they realize that they've been roadblocked at the Supreme Court by a conservative majority. Now they're trashing judicial supremacy. Hat tip Dan Horowitz. Good for you, liberals. We are all on board. The judicial branch is not supreme. The people are. And the people enact laws through their legislative representatives in the federal government through the House of Representatives and the Senate. Not the presidency, not the courts. 
So the lesson learned here is whenever, and I say this, folks, because you're going to be arguing with your liberal friends now. And if you're a talking head on TV and you listen to this, the next time a liberal gets on there and starts to trash the Supreme Court, say, well, now that Kavanaugh's on there, they're not going to have a mandate going forward. Say, nothing to do with Kavanaugh. They never had a mandate. Where did you think they had a mandate? There's no mandate. There's no mandate at all. The Constitution gives no role of the Supreme Court whatsoever to mandate the will of the people. The will of the people was expressed through the legislature. The court should not be the place where popular, uh, where, where, uh, where, where unpopular uh, mandates, whether conservative or liberal. They should, they should not be the place that these things are decided. I have this written, Dems trash judicial supremacy with a question mark followed up by good with an exclamation point. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should trash Kavanaugh on the court. Obviously not. I'm a big supporter. And I think he fought nobly and honorably. And there is a role for our courts and the Supreme Court, obviously. That role is not to express the mandate of the people. That's through elected representatives. These judges are not elected. Liberals are going down a dangerous road here, Joe, Mm -hmm. because they don't have a popular mandate for nearly anything they want to do. Government controlled health care, on-demand abortion, none of it. So now that they're trashing the Supreme Court, we should all make sure to get that all on tape and keep those sound bites and use them in the future. Because I promise you, the minute it turns around, they think they can get a liberal majority on the courts. They'll be screaming that the Supreme Court right now is the uh, Supreme Court is the law of the land, the law of the land. All right, here's the last one. And this is a this is a warning and hopefully incentivizes you to show up in November. Folks, that political piece is disturbing. The Democrats are serious here. Um, The Democrats actually believe that they were too nice during the Kavanaugh hearings. That's problem number one. But problem number two is even more critical. Problem number two is the Democrats think they legitimately think they got screwed here. They legitimately think that, but it's not a legitimate thought. The Democrats still believe that we are on the wrong side of this, the Republicans, because of Merrick Garland. Remember, the failure for uh, of the Republicans to consent to Merrick Garland was one fulfilling of their role in the Senate. They advised and their advice was they were not going to consent. Merrick Garland was Obama's appointee in the last year, was nothing more than a continuance of the policies the Democrats did, which Levin covered on his show a few weeks ago. The Democrats started when they started borking. The character assassination of Robert Bork and the efforts thereafter to destroy Estrada and others was a Democrat far-left effort to destroy anybody who sat on the conservative spectrum, side of the spectrum when it came to liberal, uh, excuse me, judicial philosophy. The liberals wanted to destroy anyone. The liberals started this. It was Joe Biden himself who said that liberals, uh, that uh, the liberals should not, uh, should not allow a, uh, a president in a presidential election year to appoint a nominee. Excuse me. I'm sorry. For, I'm, I'm, I'm not explaining this well. The bottom line is this. The liberals think they were screwed, even though it was their precedent, the Biden rule, saying we shouldn't, the president shouldn't nominate someone during an election. You. We got you. It yeah. was their rule. It was Joe Biden and others right. doing this. The fact that the Republicans doubled down on their rule, they're upset we used their own rule. And they think we invented this. They think they were screwed. I say that because they were going to double down on insanity. And I promise you this, this is going to get uglier. Get ready for the storm ahead. Get ready. Get ready, folks. Do not take a day off. We took the weekend. I took the weekend. 
I had a great time. Went out to the lo- local restaurant. My wife, we had a couple margaritas. It was great. We had a blast. This was a great weekend. Back to the fight today. No excuses. Okay. Oh, man. Another outstanding appearance by Devin Nunes this weekend on Maria Bartiromo's show. And, you know, again, as this case has gone on and on, you know, it's interesting, Joe, Mm -hmm. as we've covered the Spygate, Gate debacle from episodes number 628 of our show on, it's interesting because it gets easier and easier and easier to explain over time. If you notice in the beginning, in the beginning when I was covering this in detail and I pointed out all the interrelationships and this is, and all of it's in my book. My book covers the scandals, the connections. My wife can't put it down. I'm not kidding. She's like, you, you know, my, she didn't really like my last book that much. I'm just being honest with you. I probably shouldn't say that, but she didn't. She didn't think it was that great. She was, she's not really infatuated by the Secret Service stuff. <laughs> and I was kind of like hurt by it a little bit. But uh, she's like, oh, it's good, but it's kind of inside baseball. She goes, this book is great. You can't put it down. It reads like a spy novel. She was out in the backyard this weekend reading it. I covered all that stuff. Now that you have that background, of plan A, the effort to unmask and spy on the Trump team, the 702 queries, all of the suspicious stuff that happened. That plan fails. They go to the FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team. And then plan C, the Mueller appointment of the Mueller team to cover all this up. The easy stuff now gets easier to explain. Devin Nunes hammered that point home this weekend in this piece with Maria Bartiromo, where he describes this umbrella scandal, the big bomb in this whole thing, from the bird's eye view. Here's what James Baker was the top lawyer at the FBI, reported directly to James Comey. Numerous officials at the DOJ and the FBI have told us under oath that the FBI, nobody at FBI or DOJ knew anything about the Democratic Party being behind the Clinton dirt. Well, now you have one of the top lawyers for the Democrats and the Clinton campaign who was feeding information directly to the top lawyer at the FBI during before even the FISA warrant. So, so now you have absolute proof that that wasn't told to the FISA court. So you want your, your evidence of FISA abuse? There it is right there. A secret warrant was, gotten, again, was, was placed on an American citizen during a political campaign, and yet the FBI did not tell the court that they were getting this information directly from the opponent of that campaign. And this is, this is really bad stuff. It's, it's, it's very simple. I mean, you just had a, 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 it's not complicated. People should know. It's probably not appropriate for a top lawyer, lawyer of the Democratic Party to take dirt and give it to the top lawyer at the FBI. You know, I was going to cut off that last part when I sent it to Joe this week. And I always send Joe the Monday cuts on mm-hmm. Sunday. So you don't have to like feverishly work on Monday morning between his 25 jobs. But I said, you know, I better leave that in because that's how I explain this. We have gone into the relationship between Obama, White House officials, Greg Craig, the fixer, Kathleen Rumler, uh, all of this intricate stuff between James Baker and, and Prystep and how Prystep may be cooperating and James Wolf in the Senate. All these relationships are in my book. The bottom line is this, what Devin Nunes just said is your take-home message from now to eternity. The origin story the FBI has been telling people about why they spied on the President of the United States team. The origin story, what I've been calling paragraph mm-hmm. one, the first paragraph in their fairy tale about why they spied on the president of the United States as he was running for office and potentially afterwards, the origin story is complete crap. 
It's garbage. They have had five or six different versions of events. It is garbage. We now know that a Democrat-backed lawyer, Michael Sussman, was feeding information to the top lawyer at the FBI, doing it before the FISA warrant was even signed, and making sure that information, the Bureau did at least, that the origins of that information were completely opaque. That nobody understood that it, they said, oh, it came from a political, but not which one, which one, this matters. This was a political hit job from day one. And I'm glad Nunes framed it the way he did. Folks, this is not hard anymore to figure out. There is no more ring for them to keep running to. No more octagon. There's nowhere else to hide. It is time for them to take a bath. This was a political hit job from the start, from the inception. Paragraph one is the FBI working with the DNC to spy on Donald Trump, period, full stop. That is the scandal. The setup, the spying. The cover-up later on with Mueller. Shutting everybody up. Shutting everybody down. This is the scandal. The Democrats, through Perkins Coie, this law firm, were meeting up with FBI, now, look, FBI lawyers and using this information to spy on Trump. I almost, you got to finish those thoughts. I mistakenly do that. drives my wife crazy. Now, the Democrats, in seemingly reaching new levels of depravity every day, Joe, I heard one of them on uh, Outnumbered the other day on Fox, trying to defend this. Now saying, well, the FBI gets tips from everybody, folks. <laughs> Joe, you understand like it'll never end. The Democrats will, ne- they should. The right thing to do is to take a bath yeah. on this. They won't. They will not. The Democrats will never give this up. Folks, that's not how this works. Political attorneys working for political campaigns don't have access to the the most prominent FBI lawyer who's talking to the FBI director on an almost daily basis to make sure their oppo gets into the FBI. You saying that is 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 so is a, you're a level 10 imbecile. That is not how this works. I ran for office against Ben Cardin and John Delaney on the Democrat side. I promise you, even with my connections to federal law enforcement, Joe, I had zero access, nor did the thought ever occur to me. I had an oppo researcher. I had one. He was a good one. And the thought never occurred to me to contact an FBI friend to make sure the opposition research on Delaney or Cardin made its way to the FBI. Never. If you wanted to report a crime, you would have someone report that crime to the FBI office, the Secret Service office, the DEA, or local police, depending on the jurisdiction. They then vet it and work it up the chain. Making it even, well, you may say, well, the folks, the Democrats will say, well, the information was so important, it had to go to the top. It wasn't even vetted. What are you talking about? It was, it was hearsay. It was garbage. It was nonsense. It was unverified junk from a paid political operator in Christopher Steele. So number one, 
they had an information superhighway. Go back to episode 628 on, and I'll talk about, I talk about the three scandals. The information superhighway into DOJ that bypassed all normal channels. The spying scandal, Halper and others. And third, the setup. All of these people working with Fusion GPS that tried to set up the Trump team. Those are the three parts of the scandal. The information superhighway is the scandal. They had a pipeline to the highest levels of the FBI. And folks, if you don't, if your friend still continues, well, they had to follow up on every single lead and they went right to the top at the FBI. Your first question should be to them, okay, then explain to me why Jim Comey lied about it. <laughs> because Jim Comey went on Fox News and was very specific that they were unsure about the origins of the dossier. We now know that to be absolutely 100% factually incorrect. Even Joe's given me a golf yeah, clap on this one. It is not true. The FBI's head lawyer has just admitted under oath in a congressional hearing that the information was coming from a DNC paid lawyer in Michael Sussman. Your, your account of this, Jim Comey, in the FBI is a lie. So if you had nothing to hide and you thought this information was legitimate, then why did you lie about it? That is the story. The origin story is BS. The origin story BS was fed to the FBI in an information pipeline from the DNC. And third, the FBI at the highest levels lied about it to cover their tracks. There you go, folks. No pudding. (laughs) There will be no pudding for you. None. All right. The last year, I want a couple. I, got, I have the funniest political oh. ad you have ever heard, Joe. How oh, funny is this? Great. Wait, yeah. It is great, right? You're not going to want to miss this. I, I have a <laughs> me having run for Senate in Maryland, the U.S. Senate, in a the maybe uh, the deepest of blue states, by the way, for a number of reasons. I'm um, having run in the deepest of blue states. I have a an affinity for underdog candidates. We need to support them. And let me just quickly before I get to this last read, I want to explain to you why. And Joe was there with me for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When I ran in Maryland for the Senate, people said, oh, don't support him. Um, I'm not talking about grassroots voters. I mean big mm-hmm. donors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, people you need to get money. They said, don't support him. He's got no shot in right. Maryland. And I wrote a piece later on saying, hey, listen, there are secondary ramifications from political races that can make a deep impact in blue states. Folks, we made a we we got crushed in that race. There's no sugarcoating. It was a three way race. The independent spent the most money of all of us. He spent seven million dollars. Remember Sapani? And he we got crushed. We got annihilated. But we really started something in Maryland. Joe was there. Yeah, Remember man. it, Joe? I mean, people were fired up about our campaign. Mm-hmm. It's great. And a lot of the people who found politics for the first time in our campaign, Bridget, yeah. some other folks. I mean, I could go down a list of names of people who for the first time got involved in politics because of my Senate campaign in Maryland, later went on to do what, Joe? They backed a guy who was running for governor by the name of Larry Hogan, and they got involved. Hogan won. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting my campaign led to the Hogan victory. I'm suggesting, though, that ignoring that there was at least a small nexus there is, is, is stupid. We spent a ton of money building an infrastructure and our volunteer list and others were used in the following election in 2014, which led to a Republican victory in a very, very blue state. The point is we have to invest in underdogs.
We have to in these states. I've got a campaign ad from an underdog in Rhode Island running for Senate. That's going to knock your socks off. I'll get to that in a second. I just want to final read. Thanks for your patience. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, uh, listen, for all, uh, all the ladies out there, you know I'm a big fan. I love foundation uh, of the product. Big fan of it. It's great. It's one of the best products out there. But I got to tell you, you need to give it a try too. My wife just got on it. It is a creatine ATP blend. It's not just for women. Obviously, guys love it too. I'm just saying a lot of women say, oh, well, I get bulky on it. You will look great. My wife loves it. She's like, where's this product been my whole life? What does it do? It gives you like two extra gas tanks in the gym. Creatine has this volumization effect inside the muscles. It's not bloat. Where it makes your muscles look harder. It makes your muscles look more firm. Now, it also leads to increased performance in the gym. You can see it. Just take a, go take a training log with you and take down the numbers. And then take down the numbers in seven days after a week on foundation. It's that good. Also, take the mirror test. Guys, ladies, it is terrific. Product is called Foundation. You will love it. You will look better in the mirror in seven days. You have my word on that. I love this company. It's called Brickhouse Nutrition. I go to BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of Foundation today. You will look better. You will feel better. You will perform better. Like I said, my wife loves it. She's, it took me forever to like get her on it. She was on Field of Greens. We used to take Dawn to Dusk, some you know, the others, uh, the other other product as well, but she loves foundation. Go give it a shot. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. All right, Joe. This is a political campaign ad from a Republican running in the deep blue state of Rhode Island, the smallest state in the union, about Sheldon Whitehouse, who is the incumbent incumbent Democrat, who was the embarrassing uh, senator who decided it would be funny at the hearing to ask Kavanaugh about Boofing. Have you, I don't know if it's boofed or boofed. How do you pronounce that? That refers to flatulence. We were 16. Okay. We want to talk about flatulence at age 16 on a yearbook page. Um, I'm game. With all the world watching, Senator Whitehouse asks about flatulence. What an embarrassment for Rhode Island. Let's elect a problem solver, not a gas bag. I'm Bob Flanders, and I approve this message. <laughs> Listen, fellas, ladies, I don't know this cat, Bob Flanders, at all. He tweeted me this week. I've never met this guy in my life. All I'm telling you is Bob Flanders, I looked at, I, I looked at his stuff. He is a eons ahead of Sheldon. Sheldon Whitehouse is the bottom of the barrel. It won't get any worse. You will do yourself a huge service by going out and supporting this guy in a blue state. You never know what could happen. You build a, who knows? There could be an upset. Uh, Nobody knows. I mean, your vote's going to matter. Obviously, we've seen upsets in blue states before. We saw the Scott Brown victory. Granted, that was a special. But get out there and support this guy. Bob Flanders, that's a great ad. Again, I don't know Bob. He tweeted me. I've not, I, I'm giving you a complete disclosure. I have not talked to him. I have not emailed him. I, I don't know him personally. I don't even know anybody on his campaign. All I know is I was supported when I ran for office in deep blue states, and we should never forget these people because the secondary and tertiary effects of supporting underdog campaigns in blue states can be long-lasting beyond the campaign you actually supported and I believe the Hogan election in Maryland is evidence Don't of that. Don't boof around here. There's people who got- <laughs> Don't boof around. What's that? Don't boof Don't around. Don't boof around. This is no time <laughs> no for time boofing for around. Boofing. This is time for serious action. I mean, that is the greatest <laughs> ad so I've ever heard. Yeah. Now, it was sent to me by a friend of mine 
uh, who writes at one of the great, uh, great sites out there, Legal Insurrection, and they supported me when I ran for Maryland in 2012. We got to support some of these underdogs. I want to mention another guy as well. I've been getting a lot of emails on this, and forgive me, I, folks, I've just been, it's not intentional. I'm not ignoring anyone. I know I've mentioned um, Bob, uh, Bob Huggin or Hugin, I'm sorry if I'm saying in New Jersey. Republican, again, are these guys like doctrinaire conservatives? I'm telling you right now, they're far better than these zeros we got on the Democrat side. But there's another, this guy's a really, really good candidate who I've seen before on, on Fox quite a bit. I don't know him again. I've not had any conversations with him. But you got John James in Michigan. Folks, it, listen, I'm, nothing would benefit me financially more than to sit here and spend the last five minutes pitching my book, which comes out, hey, spend money on my book. I, I put a lot of work into it. I'd be honored if you buy it. But seriously, I'd like you also, or even, you know, in lieu of in many cases, I I know it's probably the worst marketing pitch ever, but (laughs) I can always, you know, you can always buy the book. I appreciate if you pick it up, but please send a few bucks to these guys if you can. Uh, I I don't work for them. And John James in Michigan, um, you know, follow them on Twitter, retweet their stuff. You don't have any money. Fine. I get it. You know, times are tough for some folks. I totally understand. Um, You don't have five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, 50 bucks. Fine retweet their stuff, get on Twitter, get on Facebook. Hey, say, check this guy out in Michigan. You never know. If 10 people in Michigan see it and they get voted in John James, if 20 people in Rhode Island see it and they've, they, the Flanders get some more votes, it's important. Hey, listen, White House is pathetic. He's a joke of a, of a senator. Uh, he chose to talk about boofing during a campaign, human flatulence during a Senate campaign uh, to attack Brett Kavanaugh. It was really gross. Um, if White House wins, but he only wins by three, four uh, percentage points, Joe, this this puts Flanders on the map. Maybe he runs for governor. I don't know. I'm just saying these things. Not every win for the Democrats is a hundred percent win. You have to lower the percentage of what the the the, the takings are after the win. Make it a, a 51 percent win, right? Where later on a message was sent. Go support these guys. Send them a few bucks. Retweet their stuff. Tell a friend if they live in the state to get out and vote, folks. It's important. I did not mean to forget John James. I've been talking about um, Hawley, Josh Hawley in Missouri. Very important. Um, Kramer in North Dakota against Heidkamp. Uh, West Virginia, Morrissey. You got to get out and vote for them. Listen, great. Joe Manchin voted for good. Thanks, Joe. Nice. Good vote. Uh, vote Pat Morrissey. There's no excuse to vote Democrat. None. I'm sorry. They, they, he's not suited for West Virginia at all. He's not been with us on other issues, so I'm sorry about that. Um, one last thing. I have an older article. It's a little older. If you're on my email, it's from uh, June. But I, I, I want you to read it anyway. It's at the end. It's an article about uh, the midterm elections, how they might be going the Republican way. It's from June, so you may be saying, well, what's the point? Some of the stuff is evergreen, and it was from Political Insider. It's still a good piece. Here's just some of the quick takeaways. Voter intensity is starting to turn in the Republican direction. California. California. What about California? California has a these jungle primaries where the top two uh-huh. vote getters get on the ballot, meaning it could be two Republicans, two Democrats, two independents. You get the top two votes, you're on the ballot. There's no Republican Democratic primary like we traditionally have in other states. Why does that matter? John Cox running for governor in California is on the ballot. Get out and vote. Is he going to win? I'm not sure. Probably not. But you better get out and vote. Why? Because if you get out and vote for John Cox, you're probably going to vote for the Republicans down ballot too, who do have a shot, a better shot at winning. Get out and vote. 
There's a Republican on the ballot in California. That didn't have to happen. They could have had two Democrats, Villalagrosa and uh, Newsom. They didn't. The economy's moving in the right direction. Another reason this could be well for us, the Democrats, the DNC, is doing terrible on money, and Trump approval is peaking now. Folks, get out and vote in November. Okay, uh, sorry, there's a lot, so much material today. I'm honestly, it's like the first time, like mentally wiped out at the end of the show. I was so excited to get here this weekend, but I wanted to give you all the weekend off and to enjoy what happened. Celebrate, folks. We did great. And again, please pick up a copy of my book, Spygate. It's available now in bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, we'll have a live signing tomorrow. We'll send out the link at 2 p.m. If you want to, you can ask a question. You can submit your phone number for a quick call. And uh, we'll, we'll be happy to sign the book for you. So thanks a lot, folks. I appreciate all your support. It means the world to me. And uh, we won, man. We won. Feel good about it, all right? Feel good. Go celebrate. Kiss your wife or your husband and I. Kiss your kids. See you all tomorrow. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.